Initiating connection. Welcome to the people in the back. Y'all know what it is. I got it. I got it. I got it. It's my favorite month. The shortest month. You know, I got one <laughs> holiday that I skip in this month. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's February. So it's Black History Month. Uh, we celebrate being black. I mean, the only other time that we get to celebrate being black is Juneteenth and until, what was it, last year or two years ago? Ain't nobody know what that was. They thought it was a typo on a calendar. <laughs> <laughs> so today, February 4th, we're going to do a quick little shout out because, you know, Andrew's not with us. Little easy, our little youngster, because it's his birthday. Now, he still ain't old enough to drink, but, you know, he a year closer. So maybe next year, if y'all stick with us or when we go out of the country or when he legally can drink. You'll be able to see him turn up because. Yeah, definitely had to do a little clip montage of that boy's night, like of him starting out nice and sober and then like ending up in the bathtub with the bucket. Hey, look, hey, look, we, we can do like little TikTok stories where, you know, they say, oh, my name is such and such. This is my first drink. And then we get on his last drink and we can do shit like that. The other one we got to give a shout out to our boy, Michael North, got his movie coming out. So. If y'all follow the Instagram page, hashtag, you know, we plug in it right now. The people in the back on Instagram, you'll see that we will actually help this guy get his movie out. Follow that shit. Let's watch his movie. Listen to the old episodes. See him speak. He's a smart man. So. All right. So what are we getting into today? Let's talk about some shit. Let me let me give backdrop to everybody. We'll talk about this one real quick. So my homie has his daughter who goes to school. And like I said, you know, this is my favorite month. It's Black History Month. We talk about history and everything. We talk about who we are. But she comes home and she asks her dad, who's my friend. He goes, hey, do you know who O-P-R-A-H is? And honestly, like, he's thinking about it like, oh, it's Oprah. But she can't pronounce Oprah. So she spells it out to him. She goes, oh, he was in the, or she was in the color purple. Do you know who she is? So he goes, yeah, so why do you ask? And then she kind of goes into, all right, we kind of learned about her in school today for like Black History Month, blah, blah, blah. But then he starts asking the questions like, what about everybody else? You know, Madam C.J. Walker, all the other people that we learned as kids about in Black History Month. And she don't know none of them. Like, what they're doing at this point is they're pushing out Oprah and the color purple. But they're not pushing out, like, that other knowledge. And that's kind of funky. Like, are we just... Here's my side of it. It's kind of like what the conversation we had with Michael back in the day. Everyone wants to be an entertainer. Everyone wants to be in the limelight. Black History was supposed to be talking about us doing the changes, where we came from, what we've done, and the people coming to light that they're talking like, oh, watch the color purple, but the kids are seeing Oprah, you're seeing actors, you're seeing the entertainment side of it. Like, you're seeing Black people as entertainers. You're not seeing 
what the message of Color Purple really was. You know what I mean? I'm just still stuck on the fact that this they're showing. I, I literally cannot get over the fact that this little girl couldn't even pronounce her name. She had to spell it, but they're showing this movie to a kid that can't even pronounce her name. Like it's been a while since I've watched The Color Purple, probably since high school. But I'm still like, okay, let me think of a kid that I know that probably would have to spell out her name if she's if they saw it. And if I would be okay with them watching the color purple. Yeah, like the age of like the age of yeah, them. They could watch it easily, but I don't think they're really understanding what the fuck is happening in this movie. All my life I had to fight. Like <laughs> And I want to know, like, did they tell the parents that they were showing this movie to the kids? And I want to know, is the teacher who showed this a white teacher or are they Mexican or black? Because I'm just I don't know I'm, the race of the teacher. I'm a little but... Like, I'm just kind of astonished that a kid that can't pronounce Oprah's name is watching this movie because I, I feel like they're just too young. But see, like, even what you're saying with that, like, do the parents know? I feel like. It wasn't told because uh, my homie wouldn't be asking the questions like that if he knew or if the parents were asked first. Do you know what I mean? I remember having to get permission to watch fucking Wally. You watched Wally in school? Yeah, like it was like some like it was just a little thing that our teacher put on, but because it was PG thirteen, it's just like, bro, we were all over the age of thirteen, but because we were going to a public school, we had to get permission slips for it. <laughs> like, isn't that wild? If anything, Wally was telling us, hey, motherfuckers, y'all are fucking shit up and y'all are about to get fat and just start ordering from one place and get fat. And if you look at how we're going, we're just getting fat and really ordering from one place. Ain't nobody listen to Wally. We all sitting here. Nobody listens to motherfuckers, bro. All the stoners and the hippie motherfuckers are like, y'all are seeing all the trash, right? Wally was the start of the hippie movement for modern society. Oh yeah, for all the all the kids born in the in the two thousands. Yeah, that was the hippie movement for them. <laughs> Bones, you came at me last week, or was it two weeks ago that you said off camera? You said I was an angry black man growing up. How long ago was that? How long have you been an angry black man, or how long did I say that? All right, both. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you still are angry black man. You're just a controlled angry black man. Educated angry black man. Get it right. (laughs) You were educated back then. I I mean, controlled. You know know when to be angry and when to be logical to shit. But um, I think it was maybe like, yeah, about two weeks ago that that I brought it up that that you were the changed man. But yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was a changed man. Yeah, yeah. So let me uh, explain something about being an angry black man. You know who I actually got the knowledge from? Was uh, Huey Newton and all them in the Black Panthers. And everyone's going to feel some type of way because I say that. But there was a control that a lot of them had where it was if you in. The main thing that I remember was like if you in a city and you don't feel like the cops are going to monitor your city. They would monitor their city or their town or whatever, like their community. And if they're monitoring their community, the law said you cannot hide your gun if you drive it with your car. So what they would do is they would put the gun on the dashboard and drive around the car, drive around the neighborhoods. 
Now that's just lock. That's the logical thought process side. Like you protecting your city, so you gonna drive around your city with the gun. But you gotta know the law that says, hey, if you have a gun in the car, I put the gun on the dashboard so I can't get arrested. So even if the cop comes up to try to start an issue with you because you know racist cop or whatever, they can't pull up and just be like black guy with a gun. You'd be like, nah, I know the law. My gun's on the dashboard. So when you pull up, you know that my gun's on the dashboard. I'm making sure my city okay because you ain't here making sure my city okay. You can be the angry black man, but you ain't got to be the ignorant, angry black man. You know what I mean? This is true, yeah. But but like I said, if you, they take, you know, education, educating yourself and knowing more than you're supposed to know, that they, they, they deem that as being defiant, you know? So, but that's a whole other topic. <laughs> hey, hey, give me a second. I got a surprise for y'all. I'll be back in like two seconds. So he has a surprise? I don't mm, want that. I don't either. Uh, we don't want it. Craig will, <laughs> Craig will take it. Craig got it. Craig, you top flight security of the world. You got it. <laughs> Quick sidebar. I feel like the your homie with the daughter that couldn't say Oprah, I feel like she probably said Oprah. <laughs> she spelled it out though. Hey, all right. So let's just spill the silence, Bones. Who you think is gonna win the Super Bowl? Um, I'm going. I'm going with my gut. I'm saying the Eagles. By how much? Oh, by how much? You know what? I'm gonna be dangerous. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say it's gonna be a flood. It's gonna be by three takedowns. A flood out? No way, bro. I think it'll be by a field goal like that. Nah. Like I don't care either way. I think if either team wins, it'll be by a, a field goal, if not like one point, maybe no, a two point besides or a two point conversion. But I don't think it'll be by hell of fucking no no three fucking touchdowns. That's crazy. Uh, I, I could be wrong, though. I could I be wrong. It's, I, I want it to be a flood just just because my Falcons got flooded. So, you know, I want somebody else to get flooded, too. See, you just wait for that one because you were Falcons. That's, that's it, yeah. So, 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 people, so people will forget about my team. That's all. Nah, ain't nobody going to forget. Everybody's well, going to forget about the record. Hey. Everybody's hey, going to forget about Falcons. Hey. Let's we'll get, <laughs> we'll get back to the topic at hand. Hey, hey, hey let's, let's get this back because, you know, we already gave the shout out. So Michael's in with us. That's why I said I got a little surprise. What's so, going uh, on, y'all? What is? Kind of gave you a plug already for your movie coming out. You know, if you want to give anybody a little backstory on what you're, what you're doing again, you know, reintroduce yourself. It's been a minute. Appreciate that, man. Uh, yeah, this is uh, Michael North. You know, t- uh, born and raised in Tucson, Arizona. I recently, t- uh, over two years ago, moved out here to Los Angeles, California to, uh, you know, f- pursue a television and film acting career. And yeah, that's pretty much my journey right now, you know, while also trying to balance, you know, friendships, a relationship, fatherhood, you know, just, it's, it's all new experience because I never lived anywhere else. So, so far the journey has been good, you know, and I guess Kazo said, uh, uh, a short film, which I guess is going to be just a regular full-length feature film, 
is uh, going to be coming out on Amazon Prime pretty soon. It's in uh, post-production right now. So it's uh, getting all the visual effects done and adding on some extra scenes and, you know, getting everything, get the technical aspect of everything is getting finished up. So it should be coming out pretty soon. We don't have a release date yet, but, uh, but it's coming. It, it's, it's probably going to be within the next few months. Support your homies. You're going to see it on the page when his movie drops. Is about to be flooding the airwaves. We are going hey, to look. put this out. Watch the movie. Support your homies. This is what we're talking about today. Is support your homies, community type stuff. Yes, and sir. Look, yeah. And, and look, they didn't. He didn't say Tubi. He said Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Tubi. Get that hey, correct. It's a short film to a full feature. Exactly. Talk to him hey, nice. Man. It's all it's all love with Tubi, man. Tubi, uh, you know, when the money ain't looking right, you know. Uh... <laughs> he, said, he said, don't fuck up my money, Bones. My bad. I'm sorry, player. Like they be coming through on them checks when I need them. Hey, we've all had the basic cable where it was nothing but PBS and Fox. What was it in Tucson? Right. Channel 6? I channel... watching that shit. I love hey. watching Nine, the laugh here. Like, if you just got a standard uh, antenna, it plays right. like old school sitcom shit. I love That's that right. channel. Yo, speaking of old school sitcoms, and you know, I don't want to take us off the point, but I was uh, scrolling through social media and I saw a clip of my brother and me. Y'all remember that show on Nickelodeon? <laughs> yeah. Greatest show ever, bro. Uh, greatest show ever. Yeah, I decided to put that out there. Bring it back, Hollywood. Hey, bring it back, please. Goo, goo is my inner self. I'm goo. <laughs> <laughs> yo it's like goo and then mo from smart guy i would kill to just see them just piling around all day but then have a spinoff would be amazing <laughs> <laughs> yes sir yeah but again i appreciate y'all having me on man uh it's, uh, it's been a minute you know, i'm always glad to make the time to be up here and you know try to Try to learn, gain some knowledge, maybe even drop a few gems myself if I got something in the tank. So, yeah. See, I might have to uh, be careful with bringing you in because I'm the one with the quotes, and you just dropped some uh, dropped some lines right there. Those are some bars. You said, <laughs> "Drop some gems if I got some in the tank." Damn, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> you taking my spot here, man? You taking my spot? <laughs> Nah, man. Nah, I get you know. I mean, you know how it is. You know when you just, you just be. To be honest, I really do my best to put stuff together. Like I, I really be sitting down thinking about this stuff sometimes. Like I'll take like half an hour of my day just to be like, what sounds good? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Let me think of some quotes. Let me think of something that just like I can coin this saying right here. Right. <laughs> you got to out with some old timers to get some good shit, bro. Oh my nah, god! For real. Right. I cannot so old that like when people are like, well, they're just old. Yeah, that's right. Leave me the fuck alone. You can still fuck around and find out though. I was I was at I was at the basketball court the other day. You know, we were out there, we were playing, and there was an older guy that was playing with us. And you know, the older dude that has both. He has like a knee pad like on both knees. And don't do know, that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do he, that. He's one of he's 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 one of those. Nah, he's one of those old timers, right? Like that's me. He. We, he was, he was given, there was a dude on the team was giving somebody on our team problems and like we couldn't guard him. And the old dude 
without cussing, you could tell he wanted to cuss though. He was like, man, that, that man ain't nothing. That boy ain't nothing. He ain't, he ain't nothing but water down juice, man. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's <laughs> nothing but water in the creek. Yeah. He said water down juice. And I'm like, that's wow. funny. Hey, I don't but like it, water down juice. Exactly. It made sense. <laughs> like I'd be so mad if somebody called me water down juice. I feel like, yo, that's yo. And yo, I, I know it's Black History Month and we talk about, you know, ethnic groups a lot, but I'd be highly offended as a person of color if somebody say I'm watered down juice. Like we gotta fight after that. Like <laughs> I feel like if somebody calls you watered down anything, it's like it just isn't it sounds bad no matter what they're saying yeah. it's a water of Yeah, you you're gonna take a size thirteen to the chest. You call me watered down anything. Like Let me ask you this then. What's worse? If someone calls you a watered down anything kind of stuff situation, or let's say you at the court and someone comes up to you and just thinks or says you think you a knockoff AI or something like that, mm-hmm. what's worse, being called a knockoff or being called watered down? Watered down. <laughs> a knockoff AI means you're comparing me to something that was great still. I mean, because here's the thing. I'd rather be a knockoff something than watered down because let's be honest, people still buy knockoffs. Like people True. out here, especially people in LA, they they still buy the knockoff. You know, it's it's not Louis Vuitton out here. It's legit Louis Vuitton, and you know, you know, people don't people that try to buy Jordans out here that are knockoffs. It's it's not Jordan Duncan. It's you know somebody somebody playing defense. Like <laughs> you know, I mean, it happened. People still buy knockoffs, but what what do you buy that's watered down on purpose? Nothing. None. Not a goddamn The only thing. thing I think that you watered down is you watered down juice for a baby. <laughs> like, that's right. No, that's that's true. Really think about that. If he say he watered down juice, he like, you're not guarding him. He's trash. That's watered down juice. He's like, a baby can handle that and you ain't. Hold on. A baby mm. can handle that watered down juice. So you sit and yeah. you're struggling. Yeah, I can't do it. I, w- I would have fought that old nigga. All right, let's think about this, though. I'm going to get into a little bit of a topic that comes from that. So we got community, like you said, it's Black History Month. We've been talking about it. We've been kind of like hinting at it. What do you think is the issue with the Black community? Why do you think that we are the way that we are? Our goods and our bads. Uh, Bones, you want to go first? Kaz, you want to go first? How are we doing this? Go ahead, Michael. You the guest. You the guest. Um, in terms of what's wrong, in terms of like any issues that we're facing with other ethnic groups and even amongst ourselves as a community, I feel like a lot of it stems from conditioning. Uh, A lot of it, I believe, stems from not fully, well, like it all definitely starts from within. Like I said, we, we all don't fully aware, we're not fully aware of our value. I think in the recent years, we're really starting to, to uh, put precedent on that, whether it's jobs, whether it's, lifestyle whether it's you know living situations whatever but i think the issues stem from so many years of conditioning and us not fully knowing what it is that we're capable of and not fully understanding our value as as a people in 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 america and in the end um so yeah this conditioning and us really not sticking together whenever not to say all of us don't none none of this is to say like you know we're not here to make generalizations but 
those are the two common issues I find within our our group of people in America is we're conditioned to think we've been conditioned to think and behave in a way that we've been told is exclusive to us. And then uh, us not coming together and sticking together through anything. So yeah, that's my take. Right, right. Bones, you want to go first or you want me to build on that? Because Mike's kind of going down the path that I think. You know, I, I think now we've gotten better as a society of doing that, you know, coming as one, you know, supporting one another. But like you said, not not all of us are doing that now. We're gradually getting there. But I honestly don't think that's the the biggest yeah, yeah, it is. It's the you know shit. If we if we had more numbers, we we probably feel a lot different on on a lot of things right now. But since niggas, I'll I'll just say how I want to say it, not be politically correct. Niggas just need to stop being scared and, and just you know do what they do what they do what's right and not think just because they do it is gonna make them look like a nerd or you know a, a goody two shoes like you know do do what's right Don't sit back and ignore everything that's going on and i think that's that's the problem with us where we guess you know we'll look from a distance and we'll say to ourselves oh man that's crazy you know they should have did this this and this or woobop should have went here 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 okay well then say, say, say it louder why why are you saying it in the, in the corner because you think just because you got an opinion is wrong. Right. Look, let me let me pull all this together because y'all are on the same track mind that I got. And you guys can see, like, uh, what is it? Comment, stop me if I go too deep into this or if I start saying some crazy shit because you know I've been on a, on a rant recently. But look, the black community, like we're starting, like you guys said, we're starting to kind of pull it together. We're starting to kind of support each other and not do too much. The first thing that I'm going to go with is I'm going to compare the black community to like the Jewish community because I'm going to say it, you know how Kanye West is going after the Jewish community. When you look at the Jewish community and how they say that they own all the money and all this other stuff, you know the dollar transfers through the Jewish community more than like seven times because they buy in from themselves. There's a Jewish tailor, a Jewish guy goes to a Jewish tailor, a Jewish tailor goes to a Jewish bank, a Jewish bank goes to a guy who owns the corner store that's Jewish. Like they keeping the money within themselves. And just like Nora said, with going in, uh, he said in Hollywood, like people get knockoffs, all this other stuff. Louis Vuitton ain't owned by a black person. All these brands, that we buy in as black people, our brands aren't owned by black people. I mean, we're buying Jordans and Jordan's a black guy, but really what does Jordan do for the black community? Like, I'm not gonna knock on the guy as a basketball player, but I'm gonna knock on him as uh, somebody that doesn't help out the black community. Like, how does he help out the hoods in uh, Chicago? What does he do for other black people? But we gonna all buy his shoes, you know? So we don't support the money within ourselves. like. The money will probably transfer like one hand to another and then it's out. The only time you think about, and stop me if I sound crazy, but the only time you think about money transferring from a black guy to a black guy is like on the street. You don't think of a black guy going to a black owned store 
a black owned corner store, you think of like, if we go race wise, the black guy is going to the corner store that's owned by some Arabian motherfucker and he going to buy stuff from that guy. He ain't going to the black owned corner store or the black owned place. The only place he goes is to somebody on the street or the barbershop outside that you ain't passing money black to black. Mm. When you end up sitting there and you said, you know, why are they afraid to like speak up? Like, don't be afraid to speak up and say what's right. Don't be afraid to be like, oh, you know, you do. If you say this, you're going to look like a nerd. Why is it that we get that image as black people? And my basis of it comes from what I said earlier about the Oprah thing of like, why is it that we show in, even though the color purple is something that kids should be able to like, not really kids, but people should be able to understand the message behind it. Why is that the image or what we showed people on uh, Black History Month is because black people now are viewed as like entertainers, reviewed as athletes, reviewed as actors. They're not grabbing the the activist people. They're getting and showing you the people who portray the activists and the knowledge that you get is from the actor. You're saying who's Oprah or even if they had, let's say, if you watch Ali, like the Muhammad Ali uh, movie on him you're gonna more realize that will smith portrayed ali than really paying attention to who muhammad ali really was and what he did and that's the image that we're putting out to kids is they're looking and seeing that we're putting the actors and the athletes and all of them up on the forefront instead of seeing the people who are the actual activists are the actual people fighting that they're based off of you know what i mean Mm. no that's real that's real. Um, I actually had a conversation with uh, somebody who was in my girl just the other day. Uh, she had asked me, you know, about the whole wanting to be an actor and, you know, things like that. And for me, it always goes so much deeper than just, oh, I just want to be rich and famous. But she, what she explained to me, well, she just asked me flat out, like, why does everything you've ever wanted to do, like, why does it always involve being a celebrity? And I wasn't offended by it or anything like that, but I thought about it a lot. And I said, well, from when we were all young, black excellence was personified as being an entertainer, being great at what it is that you do, you know, um, that, that's just all that we had. That's all that we had to like cling on to as children. And that's kind of where the conditioning comes in. So I just wanted to touch on that. And that's, I mean, that's real what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not saying it like a knock towards anything because yeah, yeah. There's you here, and then I know that we've talked about it before. I know I had the conversation with you back in the day when we said, uh, throw out, I don't know if I said it in the podcast or if I was just texting you about it, but I said, uh, throw out a black female that is influential to young black women. And there are a lot of actors or athletes out there that are influential. There's like, uh, who is it that's doing The Little Mermaid? Is it? uh, Halle Berry. Yes. She actually goes out there and speaks to younger black women. She speaks about like a lot of stuff, but you got to understand and like actually pay attention to her because if you only see her as an actor, you don't see all the other stuff that she's doing that's good. Like hey, she's and, using and, that platform to push out. You know what I mean? Hey, and shout out to Kina Brunson, Kinta Brunson. Want to make sure I get her name right. Shout out to her, man. You know, she, in case y'all don't know, she is the one that spearheads the show Abbott Elementary. She also stars in it. And hey, 
it, y'all, I'm going to tell you this right now. That's like my goal right now is to get on that show somehow in some way, shape or form. That is hands down my favorite show. But uh, I just kind of wish because I remember that conversation we had, Kaz, and I think the person I brought up was Issa Rae. But um, and I still very much think that. But uh, Kinta Brunson, she is shout out to her, man. She She's great. Here's the thing when I actually made that conversation, because I talked to you too, Amber, on there. And this isn't just a black community thing. Like us, Me Bones, North, we're talking about like black community, but it's not just us. Because even if I come out and say, let's do the same thing with a Hispanic female that's in limelight right now, that's a good role model for young women. I had a conversation with a few people and the first person that they said was like, hey, the last person I remember as like a strong, influential uh, Hispanic female, they dropped Selena. But it was like, yo, why is that the person that comes up? Like, we have to reach back into the past. Like, do we have someone right now, you know? See, and I just don't think I'm that uh, knowledgeable of, like, the Hispanic, like, pop culture to even be able to answer that correctly. Like, I know who Snow the Project is because I listen to some of her music. I don't know if people, other people would say that she is really for the younger generation because she's around our age, you know? So, yeah. That's hard to say. Right. And I mean, like, that's not a knock on any of us, because, you know, once you get older, you kind of even fade away from the younger generation's knowledge of stuff. Like, shoot, what was it? Uh, we was talking about the guys on, like, other podcasts or, like, people popping up. What was his name? Um, that Andrew was all caught up on uh, last week. Aiden Ross. And I'm like, oh I know the guy's God, name, bro. but I really don't pay. I don't pay no attention to the dude. I don't know what he does. Yeah, I think he's more of a Twitch. He's a Twitch person. Like, I don't think he does podcasts. I think he just like he does a podcast, but it's on Twitch. So it's like live all the time. Right. But like, <laughs> I don't pay attention to what he does. I don't know how he influences people. I don't know what he do, what he do. I know the name, but I don't think you know him what I mean. and are tight. So I think that's why Andrew was bringing him up, because you guys were talking about the red pill and all that shit right but he can make the connection because he's younger i can't make the connection like because you know my connection to red pills like andrew tate and kevin samuels my connection is not Aiden ross and in, in no way but that's because of the age gap yeah i feel weird that i even know who the fuck that is i'm i i was literally just telling my lady like because we were talking about names because she was like who is this? Because it was like an R&B group and it was a uh, division. Oh my but how, God. But how they spell their name, it because it was on her phone, so it was even abbreviated even more. And I was like, oh, it's division. She's like, well, how, how the fuck am I supposed to know that? It doesn't even say that. And I was like, well, this is how they spell their name anyway, so you wouldn't even know that's what that is. And I was like, I don't know if I should feel like <laughs> weirdo knowing what the younger people are putting out and understanding what the fuck they're saying. Or if you should feel really old because you have no idea what they're saying. Nah, there's always got to be the old head that knows what's going on. That's where the knowledge comes in. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't want to get too off topic, but I mean, I feel like the gap between older and younger generations is kind of closing. And I could be biased, but I feel like it kind of started with us. Because when you really think about it, when you think about it, the good thing that sort of came out of this... Uh, one of the best things that came out from our generation, I feel like, is look at things like fashion, for example. What's like a 
uh, we started kind of introducing things fashion wise that really transcends different age groups, like like what a white tee, a bomber jacket, some jeans and some shoes that if your shoes are the flyest part of your outfit, then it's fine. But overall, just like like the most generic thing you can think of nowadays is, again, a T-shirt, bomber jacket, fitted jeans and whatever shoe you want like that that style of fashion you could be 45 and wear it and it's not going to look crazy you can be 17 and wear it and it's not going to look crazy so that was just a one example that i could think of but i kind of feel like the age gap in terms of pop culture fashion uh you know information things like that the gap isn't so big anymore i think that comes from so like not maybe not me personally but like a lot of my friends grew up with their parents like they were very mm. they were very like their parents were teens when they had them so like they were also yeah. kids raising kids growing up you know right i didn't essentially really grow up with my parents but sometimes i look at where my parents were at where i'm at at the age i'm at now and i'm just like damn at this point my parents had two kids holding down the fucking floor with these two badass little kids always fucking serving, fucking paying the bills, dealing with fucking stress, making sure that our fucking asses were fed and not being terrorists to the world, making sure that we survived putting fucking food in our stomach. And I'm just like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Pause, 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 pause. You said making sure that we weren't terror, like y'all weren't terrorists to the world. Yeah, like you know, like you guys are out there being little assholes. Yeah, terrorizing you was know the word you, she was thinking of. You know, no, 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 no. The reason why I say that is because you know damn well we was little terrorists out there. Like, how you go? How you gonna say that they was trying to make sure that? Because my parents was doing the same thing. Like, I was following you all the way down until you said they were trying to make sure we weren't little terrorists because we was out there causing problems. Like, we all jumped in the same pot together, and we were like, "You want to do some fuck shit?" And all and the rest of us were like, yeah, let's do some fuck shit. You think that kids nowadays have that same have that same function like we did? Like, you know. No, I be the... how how other people are going to judge them and about what people are gonna say on the internet. And they post everything to the internet, so everything is gonna incriminate them because I am so thankful. That we did not have cell phones until a certain age and that we didn't have cameras on our cell phones until a certain age because they're like no one would be able to go into politics if there was camera phones back then and i don't even understand how our parents just let us be out on our bikes and we're like be home for dinner they really had no idea where the fuck we were we were just gone out in the world miles from home and the only way you ever got caught up being miles from home is if you got caught by the police or someone that like maybe knew your parents saw you and snitched on you but look that brings that up with community because you know my grandfather was the one my grandfather and my aunt were the one that said it takes a village to raise a child and you remember back in the day like if you got caught up like let's say everyone's hanging out and you go over and you say something stupid at your friend's house your friend's mom could contact your mom and be like hey your son said something stupid, blah, 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 blah. And it was like a community base. Like there wasn't this whole back and forth argument between people or anything. Now you see it where parents be fighting. Oh, they have permission to smack you. Yeah. Like somebody else had permission to smack you from your own mom. 
It's like, oh, you went over here and laid down the street. If you act up crazy and she hits you, it wasn't, oh, my God, you hit my child. It was, what did you do for the old lady down the street to hit you? I'll go over there and talk to her because you're about to get hit again. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, let her tell me how stupid you were being, and I'm going to smack you again. Well, you know, Kaz, I think you kind of hit on something uh, when you brought up, you know, bringing it back to the idea of community. I feel like where we were, whenever we talk, to other ethnic groups about how far back we were, you know, so how far behind we were starting from everybody else. You know, we like to talk thing, talk about things such as opportunity. We talk about financially, we talk about uh, resources, the ability to grow, things of that nature. But it could be something really as simple as, uh, you know, we, as young people on a platform like this are coming together and talking about what can we do to improve? What can, what can we do for our community to make things, uh, you know, better, a little more profitable in, in multiple different ways. I feel like there haven't been enough parents that sat down and came together, especially, you know, parents of black children coming together, talking about any form of healing of any trauma that they have. And, you know, how can they improve as parents? You know, this, this, this all kind of goes back to what I had said about, you know, you see people out here post on social media with mixed babies talking about, oh, this is why I want a mixed baby because they're cute. And it's like, are you really prepared for the responsibility that it takes to raise a mixed child? Most of them aren't. So I know we can go into this one of what it's like growing up with mixed parents. Like, yeah, that is an interesting thing that people do not realize. And I always crack up about that when they say something about mixed babies, like, oh, my God, a mixed baby. It's so cute. This, 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 blah, blah, blah. But let me explain my uncle, because you guys, most of you guys have seen my uncle or my cousin. And my cousin looks very fair skinned. Let me say it that way. My cousin is very fair skinned. Mm. So when I was growing up, I remember my uncle talking about certain things like he would go to the store with her and, you know, she a little kid, she little, like four or five years old. And she would run over and be like, dad, and come like run and give him a hug from like the other side of the store or something. And he would bring up how many times he would get weird looks and all types of stuff, because what they see looks like a little white girl running up to a black guy saying dad give him a hug and everyone would be like kind of tripped out like nobody would say something but they would all have like this weird demeanor like okay why is this happening what's going on blah 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 like everyone already had like a mindset kind of set to it mm -hmm. and even with me like my mom you guys have all seen my mom yeah i remember when my mom would come by with my stepdad and people would think that my mom would be my stepmom or like Damn. someone would go up and they would start speaking Spanish to my mom. And my mom knows a little Spanish, but then they would get insulted because she didn't know Spanish, like fluently. <laughs> yeah. And it's like people would jump on her case being the way that she looks or having like, you know, how everyone was like mixed. Like people jump on their case because you're not fitting the persona of what they think that you should fit. Uh, I had an experience like that. I was in elementary school. My mom came and picked me up one day. And one of the kids in my class, you know, he was white. And uh, he, uh, he looked at me, he was just like, I didn't know you were adopted. Now, I bring that story up because I feel like not only as, as, you know, black, not only as black children, but even children of color, and especially mixed children, 
we kind of get a crash course in extending and offering patience and grace and having to fully understand the idea of ignorance. Now, I know the, the word ignorance has this really harsh negative connotation to it but it's like the definition of to be ignorant is to be not to be unknowing to just not know so i feel like we really you know with the parents that we had i feel like we kind of had to have a crash course in patience and grace and just having to decipher is this is this just ignorance or is this just like someone trying to be malicious and so you know that that story you just brought up it just you know what do the kids say unlocked a core memory <laughs> see according to bones and i'm gonna bring this up again because he came at me and i'm gonna keep coming at his head for saying this if we took the crash course you apparently passed i became the ignorant or not the ignorant the angry black man that was mad at people for that you became mm. the guy that was patient with people and i mean that could kind of go back to our situations growing up because you was more of the caring guy if something happened i mean our question it's been a good time but we can bring it up again we brought it up last time when yeah. stuff goes down you'll be the one to be like hold on let me make sure everyone's good my mind is forget everybody i'm beating the hell out of this dude that fucked up hey you need people like that on your team <laughs> you, need both. you need both you need someone that's going to secure everybody and then someone that's willing to sacrifice themselves and beat the living fuck out of somebody this is true. <laughs> right like you need balance, or it does not work. Why do you think basketball teams are great? They are, like let me give you some great basketball teams. You have enforcers on your team. You had the Rodman. <laughs> you had the Artest. You had somebody like that. You had to have somebody who was stupid that put themselves out there. No, that's real. That's real. <laughs> now look, from the black standpoint, who do you think that, as honest as this sounds, it's going to be kind of a loaded question. From the black community, who do you think or what type of uh, demographic or base can I put in that is most hated? In the words From of Chris the black Rock, community. in the words of Chris Rock, there's black people, then there's the niggas, and the niggas have got to go. <laughs> what do you think, Bones? Do you back oh, that up? no, we need niggas because that's the balance we're just talking about. <laughs> We need niggas. <laughs> I I need the yang to my yin. But uh, but in all in all seriousness, cause so you said uh, what demographic? So pretty much like what type of black people are hated the most? No, I mean like you both kind of answered the way that I said it. Like if you said there's black people, then there's niggas. But this kind of opens up what an argument that I made. I think I said it to Amber earlier, but there was a song. And Wyclef said it in the song, and I actually caught it. It was uh, just like a little quote that he said. And he said, it's easy to hate somebody that looks like us, talks like us, walks like us, but it's hard for us to hate the people who really are against us. Now, from the black community, we can hate on, like you said, we'll sit here and it's, there's black people, then there's niggas. And Bones said, that's the yin to his yang. Like, you the idiot. I'm the good one. I need you here to balance me out. And that's facts. That's facts. But let me put something else in there. Do we really hate on, like, you don't see that same hate from a white person hating on a redneck. They'll say there's a redneck, but it's not as a parent that you see the business white guy and then the redneck white guy. 
<laughs> like they just completely don't associate with each other. Well, that's the thing, though, and I, I, this is probably one of the most controversial things I've ever said on any kind of platform. But that's what makes evil white people wickedly brilliant. That's the scary mm -hmm. thing about them is like they're wickedly brilliant, and that they, God dang it, with the fucking they quotes, have that was they solid. have one you know <laughs> one uh evil that, that that they can all agree upon is blacks. <laughs> but this is something that I, I this is something that I've always sort of. I don't want to say admired about evil white people, but <laughs> um, <laughs> something. This isn't something that I admire per se, but it is something, and I, I see this even in the Hispanic community as well. Growing up in Arizona, now living in Southern Cali, it's like you could see if you go into a family of Mexican people, right? Say it's like a birthday party or something, big get together, right? You can clearly see who the more socially accepted family members are the ones that are a little more outgoing things like that but then you see kind of like the black sheep of the family or like the introverted or the nerds whatever you want to call them the ones that aren't really out there like that there is still a sense that the one that's on the outskirts of the family there is still a sense they are still part of the family and they love them and accept them the same they'll bust their balls they'll throw little jabs here and there but you still get the sense we speak the same language we eat the same food we uh, we admire the same. Uh, we admire the same people. We listen to the same music. We do the same everything. That's what I've seen from Hispanic families. White people, uh, they'll have. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be stereotypical right now. This is gonna be so trigger warning to whoever hears this. This is gonna be offensive. Say you have Duke Wellingham the third, CEO of a major corporation. Okay, <laughs> whatever. Whatever you envision Duke Wellingham the third looking like. He'll go over to Jimbo or Billy Bob, and this is the wicked brilliance. They'll be like, Jimbo, Billy Bob, can you believe these black people and these Mexicans coming over here messing stuff up for us? They're taking away from us, Billy Bob and Jimbo. Don't you see it? And now next thing you know, Billy Bob and Jimbo are looking at Duke Wellingham thinking, oh, we're the same. Yeah, I'm tired of them fucking with us. Even though economically, Jimbo and Billy Bob are way closer to the black people <laughs> and the Hispanic people. <laughs> Wellington just made him realize that, hey, they really fucking with me. But he's looking, they're looking straight at the same time. Someone in the same situation and hating because Duke Wellington's like, nah, play this up. Exactly. So, and, but this, this is why I say I kind of admire that a tad is because. I wish like, and, and again, this could be just my experience. And again, this is something that, that people did grow out of again, being light skin, speaking the way that I do being interested in the things that I'm interested in, things of that nature, getting through childhood all the way up until even the college years was rough in terms of feeling accepted without feeling like I had to put on a face. Like, Y'all, I'm an actor, I'm an entertainer, but I hate in my personal life putting on a face. I don't like doing it. I don't want to have to change my speech patterns, my vernaculars, change up my mannerisms. I don't want to have to change that to be accepted because I shouldn't. It should be in, my, in Michael's little perfect world. Michael's black, just like us. We love Michael. We accept Michael. When it goes down, we, Michael's got our back. We got their back. And that was, uh, you know... That was probably one of the most isolating feelings was understanding, like, you know, it's like, have y'all seen the movie Ted with Mark Wahlberg and, and the bear, the teddy bear? 
Remember that opening scene when a kid was getting beat up and Mark Wahlberg as a kid came out and was like trying to say like, hey guys, can I play? Or I think he was trying to tell the bully to stop picking on him. The bully and the one getting bullied both said, get out of here, Bennett, because his name was John Bennett. They're like, both of them were saying, get out of here. That's what it felt like all throughout childhood. So you see black people getting fucked with every day in America and seeing the, the brutality we've had to face in this country. And that's what it felt like. It felt like white people will look at you and go, get the fuck out of here unless you make them feel safe. But then you'll see black people that are getting fucked with constantly being like, nah, we don't really claim you as our own. So it's like, so if shit goes down, where do I fall? You know, let me give another scenario with you. Let me give another scenario. And this one's going to piece this together is exactly what came to my head when you brought this up. So black people have cookouts. You know, we always talk about it. You have the whole family, you have the hood, you have everyone come around and they go to the cookout. How many times do you see it? Like it's portrayed in movies. And I know when you've gone to a cookout, you've heard it from like family members or anyone else. When you got that one family member or that one person and you got the cookout and everyone's hanging out and they go, oh, they invited John or Junior, you know, You're like, oh, Junior is supposed to come, but Junior got a good job. Now you sure that he really going to show up? Junior going to come here acting bougie. He don't want to kick it with nobody anymore. Why are we hating on Junior? Because he's doing something for his life, like because Junior kicks it with the white people and the CEOs. He can't come and kick it at the cookout no more. I can tell you exactly why that is, is, is again, this all goes back to the conditioning and what it, what it all boils down to is there is an inherent fear because we as black people have been pitted against each other and forced to operate it with a crab in a bucket mentality. You know, we, and we're always being pitted against each other in, in just to compete with one another because there's, we, from what we've seen, there's only a select few that are allowed into the country clubs that are casted in the movies that are being allowed in the, um, that are being allowed at the universities to work as professors, to work as medical professionals. So there's, I feel there is an inherent fear of, oh snap, if such and such is getting put on or they're doing better, that's it for me. That's it for me. There's nobody that I can relate to that can talk to, you know, I'm going to get left behind. So for me, I feel like that's just one aspect, but I feel like that is an aspect for sure as to why that is. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. I just hate that. Because it just pleases what you no, said. It's like, you know, you brought it up, the Duke Wellington thing. He walk over and he tells Billy Bob and Jimbo, hey, these black people are taking our jobs. Duke Wellington ain't got to worry about shit. But let's say Junior come back to the cookout and he goes, Hey, you know, I'm over here at this job doing this, this, this. And they're going to be like, Junior, what you got to worry about? You got a good job. You got this. You got this. You got all this other stuff. Why are you over here telling us about what's going on in your life? The hardships you got. But you know, <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm going to bring it back to the, the world of entertainment. I'm not sure if y'all peep uh, something I posted on Facebook a few months ago. What was my post about Jack Harlow? And I simply asked, to all my real hip-hop fans out there, is Jack Harlow, is he that nice? Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Is he that nice? And I had some private conversations with people about it. Um, There was was one guy that responded. I'm not going to say who it was. There was one guy that responded and was just like, actually, yes, he is a very nice guy. I got to work with him on a music video. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, that's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) 
<laughs> a great great dude great dude but i didn't have i didn't have the heart to be like ebonically speaking such and such this is not what i mean but you know um but no i, I bring it back because i bring up that conversation because again when it comes to the competition aspect of it when you see adam sandler in any movie that he's in you know you see his his same crew and which is good because it's a very diverse crew, you know. So there's there's a mindset I feel. Now I don't know if this comes from the Jewish community that he's a part of, or if that's just who he is as a person. But that sense of community that Adam Sandler has is unparalleled. Now let's go to and again, God, I really hope nobody hears this, and I don't get a job because of this. But something that I believe controversial comment number two today. White people are the only ones in anything that they do. White people are the only ones that are allowed to be mediocre at what they do and yet still receive praise, accolades, promotions, opportunities. They're the only ones that are allowed to be mediocre and and do that. So kind of like with what uh kind of going back to what you said cause um I I think that not to say that we should promote mediocrity. That's not necessarily what I'm saying, but when you yeah. look at things like the explosion of Def Jam comedy, y'all remember Def Jam? Yeah, of course, everyone does. Think <laughs> think of how many comics came out of Def Jam: Bernie Mac, Dio Hughley, Chris Rock. Chris, well, Chris Rock's the Apollo, but Chris Tucker, Martin Lawrence was hosting at the time. Bill Bellamy. Um, like it was an explosion airy spears like it was an explosion of black talent and that was sort of i think that was in the 90s like early 90s and we saw an explosion of black talent prior to that you had uh, just uh, let's just stick with comedy you had red fox that was the comedian in the 60s richard pryor owned the 70s eddie murphy owned the 80s and in the 90s the explosion of def jam we had variety and they were flourishing. They were getting TV deals. They were getting movie deals. You were seeing them pop up in, in so many things, you know, and it's getting so many opportunities. And because they became a community, like def- because they became a community it, of that's comics, exactly what it is. They uplifted everybody that's exactly else. What it is. And, you know, shout out to Jordan Peele, man. Jordan Peele is from what I've read and researched about him and Keegan, Michael Key, you know, Key and Peele. They both, biracial guys, went through very similar situations that every mixed child goes through, and including the whitest black guy in the room stereotype. But one thing that Jordan did that almost brought a tear to my eye, like I'm not bullshitting, like almost brought a tear to my eye when I read it, was an article in which he defended not being prone to casting a white guy in his movies as the lead. And when Daniel, uh, no, when uh, John Boyega, when John Boyega was out protesting with the people, and he was like, I might lose my career over this, but fuck that. I'm, you know, Jordan Peele was one of the first ones to tweet out, no, nah, you don't got to worry about that. We got you. So this man that's felt re- complete rejection from a community that he is a part of, he never turned his back on his people. And that's one of the most beautiful things that I've ever seen to me. And so I feel like, and again, I feel like we are on the uptick because of when all of us were born, we are on the uptick of that changing. So. Yeah, white people, watch your ass. <laughs> I'm just playing though. No, the, no, the fuck he's not. We own y'all niggas. 
Just remember, just remember the everyone's gonna be mixed. And back in the day, if you had a little bit of black blood in you, you was considered black. So uh we really is on the ass if we continue going by what they were saying back in the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yo, you know what's crazy? Uh have y'all seen the second avatar yet? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so who ha- whoever has seen it here, did it not make you sort of like it was like a weird sort of like gleeful feeling to see like, oh, these are different forms of the Navi. The Navi that we saw in the first one are very much, you know, uh, a forest base, uh, you know, jungle base, whatever. Then they come over to the water based Navi and you really don't notice it until you see the movie. But the Navi are different shades. Right. Technically, they're different skin colors. Look, let me tell you something. And so, you see the <laughs> That's so crazy about that. <laughs> Growing up over here, like once I moved to Washington, I hang out with a lot of Islanders, like Pacific Islanders. Awesome. Bro, the Navi on the island, there are certain things that they were doing that I don't want to make it sound like messed up. But there's tendencies that they were doing from the island, like the Water Clan, that are tendencies of like yeah. Pacific Islanders, dude. <laughs> which is and and bro literally you see this with black people all the time especially mixed ones they it literally you notice right away the differences in the hair you notice the differences and why do you do this this way why do you say that that way why do you so it's just crazy how many things that they brought into that um into that movie to show you know and really that could be an analog for for any ethnic group in my opinion but it was it was funny. It was just something that I noticed that made me kind of perk up a little bit. Like, oh shit, look at that. Because in the trailers, I just thought everybody was the same shade of blue. But it really isn't until you see the movie that you notice the difference. What do you think that, you know, again, kind of going back to, uh, kind of going back to the, the parenting styles of, you know, black people? Of, of different <laughs> ethnic groups. Yeah. Like, because we've, we've all seen them. And we've all seen it, like, and everybody hates Chris, how Chris's mom was a ghetto snob. Like, you know, and people look at me, like, some people look at me crazy when they're like, a ghetto snob, it's a ghetto snob. And it's just like, you'll see a woman with her hair wrapped, and then you'll see a woman on with a bonnet. And then the woman with her head wrapped will be like, I can't believe she out here wearing that bonnet. What the hell's wrong with her? That, that look, that look mammy-ish. And then God forbid the daughter or whoever says, mom, but you got your hair in a bonnet. They're like, uh-uh-uh. My hair is not in a bonnet. My head is wrapped. There is a difference. Like, you know, so like how much, and I, I say all that, I say all that to say in a weird convoluted way, how, how much of the black experience as a parent is predicated on, I got to worry about how I'm seen, not just as a parent, but as a black person and a black parent on top of that. And how much of that do you think has kind of poured into you know some of the toxic parenting that we've had you know or that we've seen i see where you're coming from with it i'm gonna say one thing and this is where this is my opinion on it i feel like mm-hmm. there needs to be another person like bernie mac yes. because on that show you can see that he loved the shit out of his kids on the bernie mac show he loved the shit out of them kids mm-hmm. however he, did. he would say they disrespect me, I'ma beat their head to the white meat. To the white meat. <laughs> and there was an idea where they're like, you really would say that you would beat the kids to the white meat shows? And they're like, yeah. 
But does he love the kids? You can see that he loved the kids. The kids knew that he loved them, but there was always this back and forth kind of thing. And there needs to be another person like Bernie Mac because it showed the dynamic. Well, you know, are you saying like on a, in terms of like a nationally televised like TV show, like a platform like that, or just in general, like that's how we need to operate? No, they're like kind of in general, like there's some like, how do I say it? Well, not there, like a, we do. There is that. Which one? Who? I'm a, I'm a fuck you guys heads up with this one. Truthfully. Now I'm going to say this. I'm not a fan of this man out of, uh, okay. I'll break down why I'm not a fan of his, but, uh, LeVar Ball. LeVar Ball okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is that Bernie Mac figure. And the reason why I make that comparison is because people, and this is, this is how you know the bar is set differently for black parents. When you see the work that he's done with his, his boys, getting all of them into college, two of them were top three picks in the NBA. The, the other, you know, the middle one is he's in the G League, so still a professional athlete. So he did his thing with his boys. That's never in question. But my issue that I've ever had with LeVar Ball is so LeVar Ball was trying to create something that was going to create generational wealth for his family, which is admirable. Uh, My only issue with LeVar Ball is when he was stopping Lonzo and trying to stop LaMelo from like taking meetings with like Nike, Adidas, Puma, Under Armour. Like he was, he was saying, no, big baller brand. That's our brand. That's what we're riding with. And not really thinking like, yo, if I get this Nike money, this Adidas money, you know, this is only going to help Big Baller brand. Jordan wasn't always Jordan. He was with Nike. So um, that was my only issue with him was that he was seeing so far ahead that it's just kind of like you're damaging things in the short term. But in terms of the respect that he demanded from his boys, you see it. Like you see it whenever you would see clips of like ball in the family or like on interviews or anything like that. And how his boys talk about him, they respect him. You know, they may not agree with everything. And we outside looking in are thinking like, well, I wouldn't do that. That was my kids. But this is where I say the bar is set low. LeVar, again, got his sons into college. I mean, only Lonzo went for a year, but got them into college, made all of them professional athletes. Um, as far as I know, none of them are in any, any like scandals or any trouble, except with the whole China situation. Lamelo kind of, uh, but like, kind of in some shit. But he he not in like. But I mean, he's grown yeah. now, so it's like, so and you know, so the, I look at that like people always talk about Lavar in the sense of he got all his boys into college and they're not you know out here gangbanging or nothing like that. That's a great dad. It's like he is, but. Again, I've always been someone that likes to try to, to foresee what's coming instead of what's just being presented to me right now. And I could kind of start seeing like, yeah, he has the respect to his boys. His boys don't talk back to him. His boys get up and they, they do exactly what he says to do. And he, he'll, he'll say his boys are better than Steph Curry and this, that, and the other. But he'll also be the, one to, he'll be the first one to tell his boys, you're fucking up or we're losing because of you. Right. So... My only issue with LeVar has always been like when you're taking opportunity from your son to benefit you and, your, and the family, it's like y'all are going to be straight financially regardless. Y'all are going to be able to have business ventures and resources and opportunities regardless because their names have weight to it and value. So, but I say all that to say, yeah, I think we do kind of have that kind of dad in the bar ball. Um, and 
that, yeah, that's that's where I'm that's where I'm at with it. I feel like his parenting style is effective. It does work. Um, a little opportunistic, but yeah, opportunistic that, is the at. is the perfect thing. Because what I was gonna say is his parenting style. Like I understand what you're saying. He does show that he loves those boys. Like you said, he'll say that they're better than Steph Curry, but he holds them accountable when they start getting big headed. Like oh. You're you're the reason why this is going wrong because you're not pulling the weight that you should be pulling. Like he'll hold them accountable to that. Right. But when you say the opportunistic right. part, that is the key that I think is exactly what you're trying to say. Cause if you're going to get a deal, like your kid's gonna get a deal with Nike and you say, No, you can't get a deal with Nike because you gotta be a big baller brand, you gotta be on your dad's brand. If he gets a deal with Nike, plays his years with Nike in the NBA gets out, promotes the brand, has the money, you build the brand with the Nike money, then your brand gets big. Then you, then as somebody who's like, oh, I was with Nike, this is my brand, this is the brand that my dad brought up, now I'm picking you up in the future. Like, let's say 10 years down the line, there's some new guard coming out, and he goes, hey, I want you to wear Big Baller brand shoes. He's taking the mm. Nike money to build Big Baller brand. But in the mindset of this, his dad, what I'm thinking, and tell me if I'm kind of like on the right track, probably, or if I'm off a little bit. In his mind, he's got to do it. So if he doesn't build the wealth right now to the brand, he's not going to have the wealth in the future in his mind. He's got to build it right now. He's not like, hey, if you get the Nike, Nike endorsement, I'm still building my brand. You take over the brand in five, ten years, he might pass away, but now his son has the brand with the Nike money to continue the brand forward. That's the generational wealth that like I don't wanna I don't wanna make it sound this way, but the generational wealth that black people in comparison to like when I said the Jewish community kind of thing, that's that generational wealth that we don't build. If I buy a corner store, my corner store might be a debt to me. But the corner store is not going to be a debt to my son. If my son ends up being taken over 20 years down the line, I might be in debt my entire life. But by the time my son gets the corner store, the corner store is going to be paid off. Exactly. And that that is something that a lot of people don't stop and think about. You know, um, I will say, like, for example, kind of shifting gears, like with me being out here in L.A., you know, growing up in Tucson, you know, living in a big city or pursuing a, a dream or a goal as, as big as this one, that that world, this world out here in L.A. seems so far away and not, you know, tangible. Like you can't see it. You can't have it. But to me, it never was like just for some reason. I cannot break down why exactly. But this world never seemed far away to me. The The idea of being a working actor, singer or you know, a dancer or whatever, whatever you wanted to be it never seemed far away from me at all. So when I, I say all that to say, somebody has to be the one to take the leap. Like my dad, he, he, was, in a, he was a musician. He was with, he was with a, a group, an R&B group that him, him and a, a couple of friends of his started and they were in Houston, Texas for a while. I don't know if that sparked something in me to say like, well, chasing your dream is something that can be done because I wasn't used to seeing that. I didn't see anybody chasing their goals, their passions, their dreams around me. I saw people chasing their nine to fives. I saw people chasing the bag around me. Not to say that I don't, not to say that I don't value money because I, I mean, I do, but you know, 
And I definitely think as I got older and now that I have a daughter, it's just like everything that I do, I, I always have in the mindset, what am I going to be able to leave behind for Nova? You know, so coming back around to the, it, it being a community thing with, uh, with, you know, with black America, it's, I, I genuinely believe that there aren't enough of us who are willing to take that leap to say, yeah, I'm going to struggle with trying to be an actor out here. I'm going to struggle. I'm going to be the one to take the brunt of all of this. But while I'm out here, say that I fail, say I don't make it, say just I don't, I don't take off. I'm not a working actor the way I want to be. I now have gained knowledge, experience. I have, I've hopefully made some connections and some resources. I've at least experienced this so that if Nova or any other of my future kids or anybody in my family, or any younger people come around me that say, I want to be an actor, I now have the knowledge to say, look, all right, if you want to get serious and this is what you want to do, this is what we got to do. You know, like my goal, truthfully, like my goal is not to just own a regular business. Like my goal is to open up a fine arts theater, uh, not theater, but a fine arts center in Tucson in the same vein of like a rec center. But to have a recording studio, an amphitheater, an inside theater, a dance studios, like my goal is to have that in the community so that people, not just kids, but people in the community can come together and say, hey, we're pretty, we're pretty good at this. There might be something to this music thing. I, I'm pretty, you know, such and such is real funny. You know, it's a real funny, funny kid. or That's a real funny person right there. You know, we're you got to go somewhere with this you want to open the doors for people that literally that's my sort of give back to the community project i guess like that's what i would do with any huge lump sum of money that i would ever come into so i just i i feel that those kind of conversations aren't being had you know around or at least not not back then things are changing now things are definitely different now but i feel like those kind of conversations aren't really being had amongst each other and amongst ourselves back then it was what kind of job you got you got a job okay cool now that is an accomplishment for some people to have a good job a nice home a healthy family life like that's their dream and that's cool that's great but you know for others let's you know what else is out there? So, so what you said about y'all being in, like I said, you being in debt for, but your son won't be one day. That's the goal. That's the, that's the key. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to start. Exactly. I mean, I'll put it in there. Bones always, like I said, I came at Bones. I'm going to keep coming at his head for it, for calling me the angry black man back in the day. But I remember something else that you said <laughs> one day where you said, uh, you could see me like the way we grew up, I would be the one that everyone, if they had an issue or they needed some information or they needed advice, like I'd be the one that they would come to, like the old man who sits on the porch that just knows all the people in the neighborhood type thing. Exactly. And that kind of also pieced into what I was thinking that kind of made me into like a calmer person where I didn't go off on people all the time because mm -hmm. I have... Not to like toot my own horn or nothing like that, but I've gone through quite a bit knowledge wise and experience wise where almost anything that most people yeah. go through, I've seen or done or 
messed up on or made the mistake and had to like fight back from struggle i guess you could say so yeah one of the things that someone will ask like what is your biggest fear and the fear that i have i can't remember if i've ever announced this or not or if i've told people but one of the biggest fears that i have is if i change the life of one person that makes a difference my fear is i won't live long enough to see the change that that guy makes mm. It's not like, oh, I'll be able to do this or I won't do this or anything. I don't have the feeling like when we talk about community, I don't have the feeling to myself that I'm going to change the community like myself. Mm -hmm. But I have a feeling that I have enough knowledge or experience or anything that somebody I speak to, some kid that listens or something is going to be the one to change something. Like, I feel like I could be the one to open up the door for somebody. And my fear is if I do open the door up for somebody, I'm not going to be able to live long enough to see it finally happen. Right. And I'm sure it's not out of vanity or anything like that. But, you know, you really just want to be able to, you know, kind of admire it. Just be like, hey, go. Kid. Yeah, go exactly. Kid. Go like do your thing. Like it'd be the if I go into history, you know, you have all these uh, Greek philosophers who have right. great stories and things that have morals to them that we listen to today, but they were hated during their time. They were killed during their time for speaking out. They were shunned. Those type of guys shaped the way people think today, but they lived their entire life with everybody hating the way that they thought. That'll, that itself could be an isolating feeling too. Just... You know, I mean, Grant, I think I think those philosophers are people that are so at peace with themselves. I feel like they are so far ahead in terms of their level of peace and being centered that it probably doesn't bother them that much. But, you know, I, I think uh, Colin Cowherd, my favorite sports analyst, he was talking about Westbrook way before the Westbrook hate started. And, you know, he was just like, he's like, I'm not a hater. I'm just early to the criticisms. So when you <laughs> and he ended up being right. So it's like kind of like what you said about these philosophers. It's like, yeah, when you're able to foresee something that not too many other people are seeing, yeah, you're gonna seem crazy. So I think those people that you're referring to had that gift of not being able to get too caught up in the moment, but being able to say, hey, if this thing starts here, where does it end? Or what I'm gauging around me. Nobody, why is nobody else noticing this but me? Yeah, why does you nobody know? else so, see the problems that are arising? Right. And so, you know, I, I, I do think that, I do think that, that we as a community, we have, how do I explain it? I do feel like we are, we are the most engaging you know, I could be biased, but I feel like we're the most engaging, we're the most forgiving, we're the most kind, we're the most welcoming that I was just kind of like, well, hold on. This is, this is all well and good. This is great. But are we really taking the time to really dive deep and divulge into what we're capable of doing when we all come together as a community, just our own, just us? And I'm not talking about any, any black supremacy shit or nothing like that. I'm not one of these black Israelites out here talking about the white hunky devil pig. Nah, not one of those. 
I think I, I said something that was a little, you know, somebody looked at me like, Michael, what the fuck are you talking about? If you remember the first Black Panther, one of the lines that was said in that movie when T'Challa was talking to Wakabe about outreach programs and extending resources out to the rest of the world, Wakabe told T'Challa, if we let other people in, they bring their problems with them. How is that any different from what Donald Trump said in regards to when they come over, hop over this border, they're bringing their worst, they're bringing their rapists, their murderers, their drug dealers, you know? And some of the hardest people you and I personally have known have, have they are the most hardest working people or have families that is some of the most hardest working people we've ever seen. So I can understand the hate that I got when it was just like, how dare you compare Donald Trump to Black Panther? But I was like, think about this for a second. Think about it. I mean, again, fuck Donald Trump, you know, and his, you know, regardless of where he, what he actually believes in politically, it's like you're being wickedly brilliant is what you're doing. Um, Evil people doing wickedly brilliant things. There it is. You know, I just, I look at that and I say, man, if we... If, in, if we were to create a Black Wall Street 2.0, cause the things that could be done, man, like, in all seriousness, like, it, it's, it's crazy to think about sometimes. It's a crazy thing to think about, yeah, man. man. It's crazy. It is. No, it is, for real. Yeah, man, this was, man, this was refreshing. This is exactly what we needed to kick the month off, right? Yes, sir. You know, I can't wait to. I can't wait to hear what the next topic is. Hey, we going community all all month. You know, Black History Month. We gonna go community all month. It might not be Black community. I want to get everybody else yeah, in. Yeah. Like I said in the beginning, Amber, we're coming for her head. She had to go a little bit, deal with some stuff, but we're gonna yeah. start getting some stuff in. I'm trying to figure out. And again, this is like a shout out to anybody listening. If you part of an LGBTQ community, I know nothing about y'all. So when I say stuff, it's not coming from a place of harm. It's coming from a place of not knowing. And if y'all are willing to jump on and let me know what happens in your community that I might be saying wrong or the rights or wrongs and what's going on with y'all, speak about it. I'm giving that open door for everybody right now. Serve. Yes, certainly. Hey, they all need, everybody needs a platform like this, so. Right, right. There it is. And one more time before we go out, give a shout out for you. Put your hype on for your movie. Give them one more time. Oh, thanks, man. It's, uh, Hell's Half, it's called Hell, Hell Hath No Fury. Um, it is a revenge story, you know. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm going to keep Kazo updated on the release date. Everybody on social media updated with the release date and the platform that you can see it. We're shooting for Amazon Prime. You know, it's probably what's going to end up on. But if things change, I'll keep you posted. Um, definitely R-rated, so not for the kids. But you know, again, this will be a somewhat of a debut, I guess, for me in terms of anything uh, theatrical, or I'm sorry, anything film. So. Yeah, I'll be on the lookout for that. We'll be, have a release date real soon. All right. With that, you already know. Thank you for joining the fuck shit. We'll see y'all later.